0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Joining me in studio, in studio today, this Monday mover, herself, extraordinaire. She's back. She brought reinforcements. Let me welcome impact strategist, founder and CEO of ABA Consulting, Ms. Adjua. Asamoah. Hey sis, how are you? What's up?
1: What's, What's up? up? What's, What's up? up?
0: And then you came, you came armed this Veterans Day with uh, with knowledge and power, and in the, in the form of a of a professor and a doctor. He's got a, he's got a doctorate in Afri- African American history. I'm That's really nice. excited about this. I'm glad We to, be need here. to have. Welcome to the family, brother, Dr. Greg
2: Carr. Oh, well, I got to huh. applaud. Yeah, of course. It's a real honor to be here. Everybody who listens to you in D.C. where I live told Did me I? to tell you they are huge fans, and I'm right with them. So well, it's hello, nice to be here Well, hello, D.C.
0: and every place else in between, no up question. and down and across and around, Cali and Toronto and Puerto Rico and, yes. of course, New York, Jersey, Florida, Atlanta. No
2: question. Y- Worldwide. I'll be here all day,
0: I'll be here all day. Not worldwide, <laughs> we just right here, we may hear little piece of, of Canada and a little piece well, of These young corner. people,
2: you don't know, and they capture because you're on YouTube too, which means they, they looking at you everywhere, oh, I'm child. sure.
0: Let me tell you about YouTube. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here today, Dr. Carr, because you studied African-American history. Yeah. You didn't go on YouTube to learn about history. Thank, you actually went to school.
2: It wasn't around, thank goodness for us. I mean, I don't know about you, that's not my generation, but I do see these young people every day. And uh, increasingly, they have challenges we didn't have. This technology has disrupted everything. So, yeah.
1: Not always for the good. No, oh, no no
2: question.
0: Because to be be a doctor, to be a doctor Mm -hmm. requires what? Like, can you just take us down the scholarly? Because there's this, right now, there's a rejection of scholarly work. And there's oh, reject. Oh, yeah. They they want to call people who read elitist, and 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 primarily, you know, this is how kind of Trump got in office with people who feel, uh, you know, y'all are talking down to me, uh, and you 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 elite people like n- no to to read is good to That's to right. educate yourself is good. Somehow the person that pursues knowledge intellectually is is the enemy, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how we got here. So please help me.
2: Well, I mean. Part of the reason we got here is we got snatched and put on a boat because that's was this was never a tradition in Africa anywhere, as I would tell you. I mean, we didn't have this tradition anywhere. We we were injected into a culture that has always had an extreme elitism. I mean, you said it yourself at the very beginning uh, when you called Donald Trump, the capitalist, if he could hear you. Uh, well, we were coming up, I guess, Veterans Day parade. They, they had him surrounded. Apparently, I and mean, we something about garbage trucks outside he, to protect him from these New Yorkers who have more sense than the people in my mother's home state of Alabama. Uh, I guess booting when he was here, but anyway, when we came, we were injected into a society that has never looked at human beings as equal. Women were not equal. The poor were not equal. And so the idea of reading and writing was something, you know, Thomas Jefferson himself said, you know, give all males, white males, three grades of education. And after that. We'll pick the ones who we want to help us rule this enterprise we've created, and the rest of them go to the farm. What about the women? Oh no. What about the blacks? Oh no. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna deal with the blacks. So when one rogue Negro named Benjamin Banneker, who was smarter than Come Thomas on. Jefferson would ever be in his life, God. wrote a series of letters to him and included one of the almanacs he had created. Jefferson was so shook, he just sent a letter to somebody else. He didn't even write Banneker back, because Banneker was like, see, I'm from that race that you have called wretched. So here, what do you think about this? Is this not evidence? And Jefferson is like, yeah, man, not only is it evidence, I got to pretend like you don't exist. So no, we, the intellectual tradition of humanity comes out of Africa. And so we got imported into a system where the priests maintained power during the Middle Ages and beyond by being the literate class. That's where the university system came from. But the vast majority of people were never intended to go to school. And we picked up some pretty bad habits over this last uh
0: few years so it's anti-black to not read oh no question anti-black not to challenge it's anti-black to not challenge the information that is anti-anti-ancestor you are are defiling your ancestors if you are not challenging the things that people
2: are telling you that's right we created reading and writing and when you look at that i mean to think and and again and it's so important i'm glad you're raising this now in the age of youtube and social media because this is a recent phenomenon for our people um, coming out of enslavement, by then, of course, the languages we had, the Yoruba, the Ebo, the all the languages we had, the tree, the Hausa, those languages have been collapsed into various forms of Ebonics and hidden under Spanish and French and Portuguese and English. But when we came out of enslavement, we realized that literacy was one of our weapons to fight in our liberation struggle. We used that as a tool. Our people, imagine that. Mary McLeod Bethune talks about this. She testified before Congress in the early 40s. And she said, I come from a people who, within two generations, had moved from a group of people who could not read or write to a people who had all but eliminated all but a handful of people who couldn't read or write. So imagine that people come out of enslavement who couldn't read or write English in some kind of way. They willed their children into institutions that they built with their hands, many of them, who could read and write. Now, these are the great-grandchildren of the YouTube generation. So not only are you disrespecting your ancestors, you're disrespecting your great-great-grandmom and them, who mopped floors, who washed clothes, who drove cars, and then so that their children could go to school. And now, and and finally I say, I don't blame those young people, these young people in a way. That's why this show is so important. The conversation you all are having is so important. I don't blame them because between those generations and them has come the technology. So I don't know how in the world I would have behaved if somebody had put a, a cell phone in my hand when I was six months old. Right. or 12 months old, right? and I tried to, you know, there's a recent study has been done where these social scientists gave infants these phones, and then they tried to time them for how long it would take for them to put the phone down once they realized it wasn't a touch screen. Some of them, they just had to take the devices from them. They kept trying after a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. They pick it back up. Why? Because they're so used now to everything responding to touch. Picking up a book after that experience, it's almost like, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I, I face it every day, but I'm not one of the people who has to face it in the way that our colleagues in K12 do. Right. My hat is off to every educator K12, particularly elementary schools, because it's just it's just a thing we've got to figure out how to solve.
0: When was the last time you whitened your teeth? I had to go to the dentist because I drink about three cups of tea a day and my teeth can get really stained really quickly. And if that's you with the holidays coming up and all of these smiling pictures that you're gonna be in, you wanna get your teeth the whitest as possible and now you can do it without going to the dentist. You can go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code Hunter. Listen, this year... The teeth can be whitened, and you've never whitened your teeth until you whiten them with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. I'm talking five minutes. And power swabs will never leave your teeth and gums sore or sensitive like the other whitening treatments. And they're totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy... Power Swabs are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So go try Power Swabs, and you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just five minutes. And I have a great deal for you. When you go to buypowerswabs.com and you use my code, Karen, you get 40% off and an additional $10 off, plus a free quick stick. That's right, 40% off, plus $10 off, plus a free quick stick at buypowerswabs.com, powerswabs.com, code Karen, or you can call them, 800 800- 668 1749 1749. Use code Karen, that's 800 668 1749. Use code Karen or go to powerswabs.com today.
1: Great you car still use a-, a chalkboard,
2: no question.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Gray Greg- <Greg> Car is <laughs> in the building. Let me <laughs> thank Ajwa again. Um, and we want we're going to talk. Uh, I'm introducing you to the family because I think you need to be here for a while, not just today. Because um, you you are responsible for bringing education, bringing African American, and it's it's not history, bringing history into classrooms and school schoolrooms across this country. You've been responsible for doing that. I think in Philadelphia, oh, you yeah. did that. Yeah, uh, you were the co-founder of the Philadelphia Freedom Schools Movement, which yes. I think is super important. You've also brought this curriculum into places like Salvador, mm-hmm. uh, France, Brazil, South Africa, Egypt, England. You yeah. you. So this is important. So I'm gonna have this conversation today, uh, in the backdrop of Veterans Day. Um, because again, let me shout out all the veterans out there, anybody Absolutely. that served this country. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but we need to have a larger conversation. Tell me about this book that you brought in.
1: So so the book is 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 titled We Return Fighting. And essentially it's it speaks to and I haven't I haven't finished the entire book, but we were at the Smithsonian uh the uh, National Museum of African-American History and Culture. And Greg was interviewing, Dr. Carr, excuse me, let me be formal since we're on on the radio. Um, He was interviewing the author. uh, What was his name, Greg? Colonel? Uh, Kowalski
2: uh, uh, Kowalski Salter. Yes. uh, He's a colonel. He is a retired colonel and has a Ph.D. in history, military history. Military history. And Mm -hmm. study of African-American military. Brilliant, brother.
1: And it essentially talks about how our, our folks went over there to fight. Only to come back and have to continue fighting. So we went to fight for an idea that we we never actually had. This is so World it War opposite.
2: One. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And so we're still fighting, and that's okay
0: because we're built for no this. No, so no question. Uh, eight six six eight zero one eight. that's the number if you are you want to shout out somebody in your family that's military we're here for that we'll take a few of those um i sent over also this piece by emmanuel kant uh, thank you yeah i was reading it so last tech tuesday we had a guest on who is a tech funder and he funds businesses in africa and I said, "What? what's your background? I'm assuming computer science, technology. He said, no, I have a degree in, in philosophy, and I was like, that's a BS degree. I know, because i got to be in a philosophy class, because philosophy is BS, <laughs> and I brought up Immanuel Kant, right? <laughs> and a few people ch- checked me. It was like, "Oh, philosophies are great, and I'm like, no, so,
1: yeah. Who's you, philosophy?
0: Exactly, <laughs> and if, you, if you're in America, and this is why, again, challenging, challenging through actual reading, will allow you to have a greater, broader understanding. You couldn't just do African-American history. I think you have a degree in that. I do. Without studying other things. Unfortunately, we're indoctrinated in a whole lot of other things. So we almost have to unlearn some of the things to Mm -hmm. get reintroduced to actual real history and literature and other things. But I was reading about Immanuel Kant this weekend and I was like, oh, Bring this to the table. So, uh, you know, for those who don't know, they call him a great moral philosopher. Moral philosopher with an emphasis on morality, right? And this is a man for more than two centuries. His work has been praised and, you know, he's been groundbreaking as he analyzes how we should live our lives. And he talks about justice and virtue. Except he was a racist, right? Yes. So he said this he said, the white race possesses all incentives and talents in itself. The race of Negroes can be educated, but only as slaves. The um, indigenous Americans cannot be educated. They care nothing. They care about nothing and are lazy. This is what Kant said, Mm -hmm. right? Now, he then became awakened because he got, again, relationship, much the way Mm -hmm. Jefferson and Lincoln and others, because... You're always going to run into a Benjamin Banneker or Frederick Douglass That's right. along the way. That's right. And there are many of us out there like that that will change the trajectory of the way people have been indoctrinated into believing. And again, he came from a very Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. He was taught this. Yes. And then he taught this. Yes. But we need more people to unteach this and to teach what you're teaching, Greg Carr. Dr. Well, Carr. Well,
2: trying. I mean, trying. I mean, and Kant is a fascinating figure. I mean, Kant, born, raised, he was Prussian he uh, basically lived within a few mile radius his whole life his his life is really a metaphor for the narrowness of western philosophical traditions as and, and thank you so much that article was i think very thorough and it and it really painted what we're up against philosophy in many ways is the foundation for everything else you know hegel is quite mentioned in there the german philosopher hegel wrote a, a book called philosophy of history he was not a historian but he was a philosopher in fact, we get PhDs, we get JDs, we get all these degrees understanding that, that it is a philosophy. A, a PhD is a, is, a, is a doctorate in philosophy of a certain discipline. Mm-hmm. And all really disciplines are is an attempt for every generation to build on what has been learned for the previous generations. So you know our our field in at Temple where we went to school was African studies, African studies. People say, well, is it history? Is it philosophy? I say, no, no, no. It's a different way of reordering knowledge. Yes. We can't restrict it to political science or, or phil- history. Because the English. minute you go down, I'm glad you used the, the worm, the the word, you know, like a wormhole going down a rabbit hole. Like you, once you channel it into one discipline, you lose sight of the master discipline. The master discipline is philosophy. And what is philosophy? It is the study of ideas. So once you frame that idea the way Kant does, then that means everybody who is not white has to fight their way into history. But the real trick is the people who we call white had to fight their way into whiteness
1: yes irish italians Absolutely. they were others they were this others. concept of, of whiteness is, a, is we know it well race it, in general is a social construct but you look at the italians and the the irish they were the others no they question. had they worked their way into the concept of whiteness so it's, no it's all very interesting no. while we're talking about our our time at temple i don't know if you remember um pop he taught intellectual heritage Oh, and yeah. there was intellectual heritage one and intellectual heritage two that we had to take in undergrad. Pop talked who's about who's Pop, Dr. Norman. Okay, Dr. Nathaniel Norman.
2: Dr. Right.
0: Right. Like, Norman. This who's ain't that? just about you.
1: There's
2: people listening. Yes, they yes,
0: don't know
1: yes, who yes, Pop yes, is.
2: Yes. Yes, 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 Dr. Nate Norman, who uh, retired from Temple, he was once the chair of the African States Department at Temple. He's now. Uh, Like all black people who can't spell the word retired, not because they're not smart, (laughs) but because we work forever. He's now on faculty in the English department at Morehouse Morehouse. College. He said, I'm going to a black school and spend a long time with these brothers. So, yeah, he he did teach intellectual heritage.
1: But he taught it using African philosophers. We weren't just talking about these, you know, mythological Greek philosophers. We were talking about real African philosophers. So. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that piece to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Dr. Cars at Howard University Department, uh, you're the chair
0: there.
2: Yeah, for oh, now. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much longer. Yeah, they'll, they'll wear you out down. You know, Negro College break your heart. Like what our does people. that mean? That means that the only thing that can break your heart is the thing you love. So our people, we love them, and that's why they can break our hearts. <laughs> and So I we get you. up in the morning I and hate. keep working for them. That's all. With heartache. So, But, yeah, I, I've been there for 19 years, the last 10 or so as chair. Been thinking about maybe doing some different things because, as you said, You know, the universities, you know, are one place. The museums, and and like we were talking about this, we return fighting. Kowalski-Salters, my good friend, and another sister who's right there with you, shoulder-to-shoulder fighting the fight, the deputy director of that museum. Kinshasa Conwell is the editor of that book. You know, museums are another place, and the airwaves. Mm -hmm. I think more people, you reach more people Mm -hmm. in a two- or three-hour block than our people do at the universities over the course of a semester, and that's very important. So
0: (coughs) That's why people who have the people's ears and eyes have to be responsible and held accountable, right? And yes. this is, you know, for me, I'm shocked and sometimes staggered at the level of ignorance that people are willing to have infected. Like, for real, like, mm-hmm. you you just you just eating that. Like, it's just okay, you know? And it's amazing to me how, how first of all, when you check somebody, they, they instead of going to find out whether you're right or wrong, they double down on being angry, you know, mm-hmm. about it. And it's like, nah, nah, everyone should, be elite if that's the case right Right. you're right and and people few people know that our education system is built for us to not have beyond the third grade education oh no question few people know that Mm -mm. we everyone should have an education well thomas jefferson wanted you to have just enough to not kill each other that's
2: right that was it and get his crops and get his crops in and
0: right (laughs) i just i don't need you to compete with me huh but we're competing now